Welcome to Raiders on the Record, the podcast featuring Hastings High School Athletics. I'm Athletic Director Trent Hansen. My colleague Tim Hanneberg and I work together to bring you the stories of Raiders sports. We are thrilled to share conversations with the athletes, coaches, and alumni that represent Raider Nation. Check back weekly and be sure to share this podcast with your friends in the Raiders Network. Tom Fritzy is a 2002 graduate of Egan High School. He comes from a long line of coaches and educators and continued that trend by attending St. Thomas University where he played football and majored in math education. Tom applied for a math position at Hastings High School in 2006 during the first day of school and was teaching in the classroom during the second day of that same school year. Tom has spent the last 17 years teaching and coaching at Hastings High School. He has recently transitioned into a different position as a dean of students and is entering his second year in that role. Tom is a defensive coordinator for the high school football team and works hard on instilling the values of integrity, work ethic, and having a positive attitude on each of his athletes while infusing fun into everything they do. All right, here we are with Tom Fritzy. Uh, Tom, let's start at the beginning of your life. You're not originally from Hastings, uh, so let's hear about where you grew up at and then eventually how you got uh, to Hastings High School. All right. Um, I, actually, I actually grew up in Egan, um, and I spent my entire school career there, so kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, and I kind of knew I was going to be a teacher and a coach for a long time. Um, and I'd be lying if I said it wasn't the influence of my family. Uh, my mom's dad, my dad's dad, they're all in education. So my my mom's dad was a superintendent of a small town. My dad's dad was a social studies teacher, dean of students, and head football coach at Bloomington Jefferson. Um, I've got two uncles that coach football, one of which was a head coach at Valley. My dad was a football coach, head coach at Egan. My brother's currently a head coach over at Eastridge. Um, I mean, it's in my blood. So I kind of knew that's that's where I was headed. Um, so when I graduated from Egan, I actually wanted to play college football um, and had an opportunity to play over at NDSU. Um, and I'll just be blunt. I, I didn't really believe in myself at the time. Didn't think I had the talent to play over there. Um, and so I uh, I decided to go play at St. Thomas. I thought Division three is a better fit for me. Um, and I was fortunate to play there for four years and start for three. Um, and in doing so, got a uh, a degree in secondary education, graduated from St. Thomas in the summer of 2006. And actually I had fully intended on just being a substitute teacher for a year. And um, I had some connections in Egan and Hastings and found out that um, Hastings had a math job opening on uh, about a week before school started, which is just unprecedented. So I interviewed for a job in Hastings on the first day of school and started teaching on the second day. So <laughs> trial by fire, man, definition. Um, and believe it or not, fell in love with the town and have been there ever since. So I'm now in my 17th year in Hastings as an educator and as a coach. That's perfect. Uh, not to like sidetrack here, but you did say this. Uh, you, you talked about not having the confidence when you came out of high school to play at the Division One level. Now, being a coach now, is that something you recognize in your current athletes? Uh, is it something like you, you're kind of cognizant of and you see it in them and try to build that confidence in them or recognizing it and working through with them? Or 
Um, you know, is that something you, you, you kind of take advantage of every day or you, you try to look for in your ath- current athletes? I think we all try to try to coach utilizing our own personal experience. So I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Um, I would never, ever lie to a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I, if I did not believe that a kid's talent level um, fit a particular school, I would tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would never phrase it as you'll never make it. I would simply say, boy, it's going to be a real challenge there. You know, you're, uh, you're, you're walking into a school that's going to have a lot of scholarship athletes. Um, if, and when you play, it may only be for one or two years, whereas you could go to this school and maybe play for three or four. Um, I would never, ever shortchange a kid. I want, I'm going to support them in any dream that they have. Um, and as a coach and anyone who's ever been in the business, um, you're going to find out you get surprised once in a while by what, what kids are capable of. Um, that being said, um, I do think that kids need to be buoyed a little bit. Um, they, they lack that self-confidence and I want to, I want to boost them up because they, they don't believe in themselves. You know, they believe that making a mistake is going to derail their entire athletic career, which just is the exact opposite of what happens. You know, when these kids make mistakes and they lose that confidence, that's actually what makes them into better players overall and better Mm -hmm. people, frankly. So yeah, I do use my personal experience to try to boost those kids self-confidence because I don't want them to, to go to college with that same mentality I had. Perfect. Um, So you talked about coming from a long line of coaches and obviously working with Trent for a long time now, Hanson, our, our AD, he always asks us a question, why do we coach? So um, I know it's in your blood. <laughs> you, were, you were born to be a coach and an educator, but what is one of the main reasons why you got into coaching? If uh, This is my 17th year coaching. And if you were to ask 22-year-old me why I coach football, and I gave you an honest answer, that honest mm-hmm. answer would be because I missed the game. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a reality. Um, I, I still wanted to wear the pads. I still wanted to be part of the game. I wanted to be, um, not just on the sidelines, but on the field on Friday nights, you know, man, you, you miss that stuff. Um, and that's, that's why I got into it at first. And it's, it's interesting how you kind of evolve as a coach. Um, you know, the, what you enjoy about the game, at least for me transformed, you know, it wasn't necessarily just the game itself, which is one that I love and will love for the rest of my life, but it was more so, seeing athletes thrive, seeing athletes grow, seeing kids get excited. Um, that that's kind of what excites me. So, um, that, that answer has changed significantly. I, if you were to ask me today as, um, why do I coach? I would say it's twofold. Uh, number one to help not just students, but people be the best versions of versions of themselves. And I like to help people grow with the wisdom that, you know, was provided to me by my former coaches and teachers. But number two, I genuinely get excited, man. Just goosebumps. Anytime, anytime a kid um, makes a great play or, you know, just gets really, really excited about what's happening on the field or is just super happy about anything that, that happens revolving around the sport itself. As an example, just this past week, we had um, we had two, and I'm I'm pigeonholing just a couple examples, and there were many, but um, we had two kids, a senior and a junior, um, the Vandehoffs, who are brothers on the field. Which, in and itself, seeing two brothers play on the same field at the same time is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they they both wind up with interceptions in a game that we wound up winning against Apple Valley, one of which was returned for a touchdown. And if you watch the film, um. It was Blake Vandehoff that returned a pick for a touchdown to give us the tie. And the first person who meets him in the end zone to celebrate was his older brother. I mean, I just get goosebumps thinking about mm-hmm. it. And th- those kids are so pumped. Seeing stuff like that is just so cool. Um, that's why I coach, um, you know, to 
to help kids achieve those those moments um, and help them grow as people. Perfect. When do you think you made that shift or was there anything that maybe major happened to have that shift from that kind of 22 year old Tom Fritti to who you are now? Not anything in particular, um, but just one thing that that kind of comes to mind. Um, and this is a bit of a morbid moment, but um, it's significant as, as far as coaching goes for me. Um, I, I guess I had never truly realized the type of impact that coaches make. Um, and I, I had never seen it from the vantage point of a coach, I guess. You know, I, I always think back on coaches that had a positive influence on me, but I, I again, I had never experienced this as a, as a coach itself. And um, there's a few years ago, um, one of our players, um, and gosh, I get sad thinking about it, but um, took his own life. And, um, and, you know, we, we came together as a team and talked about it. And um, before we had that team meeting, um, I had a player um, come to my classroom and, uh, um, you know, you could tell he was kind of worked up about it of, as we all were. Um, and he gave me a big hug and just started bawling. And I'm talking, this is one of the most <laughs> bruising, tough kids on our football team who was just fell to pieces. Um, and, you know, told me he loved me, gave me a huge hug um, said I, you know, that he needed this team and needed us to kind of be there for him. And it was kind of at that time that I was like, holy cow, um, it's, you know, what we do is so important to these kids and not just for the game itself, but just for them as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just one of many significant moments I can think of in my life. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's really when my perspective that I can think back of shifted to my goodness. Um, it's our job is important. Um, and it's not just about the game. For sure. Thinking yep. about maybe uh, a similar kind of question with you maturing and changing from that kind of first couple of years coaching to who you are now, what's something that you do now that you wish you knew back then, or maybe a philosophy, and it doesn't have to be really football specific related, uh, yep. maybe a character lesson, something along those sure. lines that you're like, man, I do this now. And God, if I would, if I would have done this or known about this when I first started coaching, I would have been such a better coach. So what do you think that is for you? Uh, two things come to mind. Um, number one, just a heavy, heavy, heavy emphasis, even more so than we do now. Um, and we do a lot now to, to emphasize this one thing I'm about to get to, but just have fun. Um, I, I, it's, it's incredible to me how much time I spent and worried about, you know, um, making sure that kids were in the right spot. And, and I'll, I'll be blunt, um, getting angry at times, you know, getting mad at kids. And I, I just, I, 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 I still to this day have to remind myself, man, we are coaching kids. Mm -hmm. These kids are 14, 15, 16 years old. My goodness, man, they're going to make mistakes. Have fun. Like it's okay to go out there and laugh. It's okay to go out there and joke. You should be doing that. You should be playing games. You know, um, sometimes the laughter, the fun, the camaraderie, that's more important than the X's and O's. I mean, that's the other thing I was going to go to. Um, I would, I would go back and tell my younger self, don't worry so much about the X's and O's of the game nearly as much as you need to learn about how to treat kids, how to bring kids together, how to help them grow, um, how to help them become the best version of themselves in the building, on the field, out in the community, help them serve, man. I tell you what, um, you know, winning, and this is just kind of a 
broadly what I would tell my younger self, winning is a byproduct of doing all those other things. Mm -hmm. If you just sit and learn about X's and O's and don't focus at all on the person themselves and, you know, the character building, your team's going nowhere. I don't care how much talent you have. You have to focus on the character of the kids and helping them grow. Winning is secondary. For sure. What do you think some yep. of those character lessons are that uh, you really push now or really try and instill in your athletes? I mean, I think you can go any direction there. Uh, I would probably say integrity is one. Um, work ethic is two and attitudes three. I think if you nail those three things down um, with anybody, and I'm not just talking kids too, man, I'm talking coaches, parents, you name it. Um, but just helping these people be the best version of themselves. Are you going to do the right thing when no one's listening? Are you going to work in practice when, you know, it, the, the situation isn't as high of stakes? Are you going to keep a positive mental attitude when things are really down? Are you going to demonstrate what it's like to be a good player, teammate, and person um, in front of your other teammates? Um, uh, and I, I, again, I think if you just focus on those things and, you know, you can, uh, coaches can approach this any which way they want. We, uh, we and our football team um, do character lessons where we, kind of talk about a story and its meaning and how it relates to football. And I think that they're just awesome. But uh, again, I, I would recommend to any coach in any sport to do whatever it takes to focus on those types of character lessons that can help kids grow. Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying where, you know, just to kind of summarize a few things you just said, you know, like looking back at my own life, being a high school and a college athlete, you know, I really don't remember a lot of the practices. I don't remember uh, a lot of the wins and the losses. I do remember, the bus rides. I remember the car rides, the van rides. I remember those relationships that I built with my teammates, you know, the fun that you're talking about. Um, yeah. That's the kind of things that, that last for a lifetime, you know? Yeah. You this, know, you know, what's funny is, sorry to interrupt you. No. Um, we have uh, our offensive linemen um, get together every week in a group called PLU. Um, it's mm -hmm. essentially just the kids get together. They go over to a kid's house, they make dinner together and they hang out. These kids couldn't tell you how to block a single play, you know, 10 years later, they couldn't tell you, well, you know, what offense we ran or, you know, talk really specifically about highlights, but man, they remember every one of those PLU weekly meetings where they just got sure. to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the stuff the kids, the kids remember not to mention, and I could go on tangents about this for a long time, but if you aren't emphasizing the fun of why you're doing it, you're going to lose those kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Kids don't go out for these sports to, uh, to get, you know, berated when they make a mistake or, you know, to, to, how do I phrase this? Um, to, you know, to run through practice and, and get a good workout. They're mm -hmm. there to have fun. They're there to hang out. They're there to, uh, cause they want to be with their friends. It, it should be a fun experience. For sure. I think the other thing too, um, that you were kind of saying there too, is the character lessons that you try to instill in someone. You know, we, most of our kids, I mean, we know the stats, it's, it's about 1% of kids in a playing sports at the next level in college, you know? So yep. um, when we talk about uh, playing a sport, that's only four years, right? So the X's and O's, all those kind of things, the wins and losses are just four years of someone's life compared to what you talked about, integrity, work ethic, having a positive attitude, that's a lifetime. And I love how you yep. said too, in our building, um, there being better people in our building, representing that for the other kids in our building, especially in our community as well. Uh, that they're representing who they are in our sport, in our school, in the community. And then as 
parents as well, you know, as fathers. And then a lot of us coach girls as well as mothers, you know, so that's, that's going to be um, the big thing, you know, so sports is only without a doubt. Years, so. Without yeah. a doubt. It's all about building these lifelong relationships and lifelong lessons, man. So they can carry this into the next phase of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, you and I have, have discussed kind of what success is and, um, I would say above all else, success to me is helping a kid grow into the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that that really doesn't have a lot to do with what they're doing on the field. Of course, I want them to be the best player. Of course, I want to win football games. You know, I'm a red-blooded American. I'm competitive. Mm-hmm. I want to <laughs> I want to win. But man, I, I just want these kids to grow up and be able to take these life lessons that they learn and carry them through um, forever. For sure. So coaching for 17 years in Hastings, um, we've had a lot of great wins and losses. So you don't have to answer with one of those. And I could ask you that in a second too, maybe one of our, uh, your favorite wins too. But what do you think one of your best or one of your most rewarding things about coaching here in Hastings has been over the last 17 years? Specifically Hastings or coaching in general? Just coaching in general. Are... But we, we can do okay. both. If you if you have two answers for, for either one, that's great. Or one for either one, that's fine too. Well, that's all right. So I'll, I'll go both and I'll try to be concise. So number one, coaching in general, I kind of elaborated on this already, but really it's, it's just seeing the kids be happy. Um, that's the, that's the best way I can phrase it. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean making a great play on Friday night. Um, in fact, just today, um, we had a, a session in practice where our starters were going against some of our reserves and man, our reserves are making play after play after play. We had some kids having fun and barking and uh, mm. laughing. And it was just awesome to see uh, these kids having fun, particularly in a part of practice that's kind of high intensity and competitive. Um, and man, I just, I, I, I love seeing that stuff. You know, I just want, I want kids to have fun. Um, specifically in Hastings, I can tell you this. Um, I have been around coaching my entire life. Uh, I'm talking from uh, from birth. I, I've been going to high school football games. Um, everyone in my family has been um, part of it in some capacity. Uh, even my mom and, and uh, aunts and sister have been cheerleaders, water girls, you name it. Every, everyone's been on the sidelines on Friday night. So um, I, I can tell you without a shred of a doubt that Hastings is one of the most supportive communities I've ever been in and seen. Um, when it comes to athletics and man, that just makes all the difference in the world as far as wanting to be here. Um, you know, we've, we've got an unbelievable set of coaches. We have supportive parents. We have kids that work their tails off. We've got administrators that, uh, again, are, are, are supportive of everything that we do, um, and put an emphasis on our co-curricular activities. I just, I absolutely love it here. Um, and I would love to stay here the rest of my life, frankly. Perfect. Now, if we could nail down 17 years of coaching here in Hastings, uh, we've had a lot of great wins. What do you think maybe if you had to pick one, I think I might know what it is. What has been one of your favorite wins here as a high school football coach? Oh, we've, we've had a few sweet ones. I'll, I'll reference a couple of them. Let's do it. Uh, um, there was one where we were playing Creighton a few years ago and, uh, Gosh, we were down 21 points early in the fourth quarter. Um, it could have went down 28, and they actually dropped a wide-open pass, and then we just went on a tear. Um, we scored offensively, recovered a fumble, scored again, 
onside kick, got the ball, scored again, got into overtime. And uh, in overtime, um, Creighton started with a football and they scored immediately first play. Um, and for those of you that don't know how high school football works, each team gets a possession. So Creighton is um, kicking their extra point and they bobble the snap. And we had a linebacker um, who uh, uh, loved the kid to death, wasn't the best athlete in the world, mm. um, but just knew where to be all the time. And the kid who picked up the fumble for Creighton was a Division One athlete who wound up going to Notre Dame. And this kid I'm referencing, who wasn't the best athlete in the world, runs him down and makes a tackle on the one-yard line. So we're down six, and our offense goes on and scores and kicks a game-winning extra point. We win by one, and the fans rush the field. It was just awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one. This next one might even be better. Um, the next one, we were playing Stillwater. I don't remember if this was at Stillwater a few years back. And uh, we are down 21 points at halftime. And we go in. We give a rousing speech. Coach Cook and I are talking uh, offensively and defensively, thinking, gosh, you know what? If we just kind of get off the field on defense, find a score on offense, we're right back in this thing. Well, sure enough, we uh, we go three and out on offense, then give up a touchdown on defense. So we're down 28 mm-hmm. in the second half of, in the second half of this game. And um, at the time, we were 0-3 and Stillwater was 3-0. They had just gotten done beating Creighton Durham Hall on national TV um, and were ranked top. 10 in the state and in the second half down 28, I think it was late in the third quarter. We once again came back from 28 down to beat them in overtime. And that was the last time Hastings played Stillwater. So that one was just unbelievable. I still get goosebumps thinking about that and I could go on and on. There's other sure. ones that are really cool, but, but those ones stand out for sure. Yeah. Those, those were the two that came to my, my mind too. So yeah, those were two awesome games. So, yep. Uh, so you talked about growing up in a family full of educators, Tom. Uh, so this next one might be a little bit easier for you, but tell us about someone that you really looked up to growing up that really inspired you to become a teacher and a coach. Uh, and who was that person? What did they do? And uh, how did they get you into education and into coaching? Okay. Um, I, I've got a million and one people. Mm-hmm. Um, and the default answer is my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad is my best friend. He also is a football head football coach or was, and was a defensive coordinator, which is the side of the ball that I coach. I literally am on the phone with a minimum once a week talking football. We are drawn X's and O's on um, on pretty much every holiday. We are talking about how to develop kids and and what we can do to improve as a team and all that stuff. So my, my dad has been and still is an influence my entire life. Um, if I were to go outside the family tree, uh, there's one person that comes to mind, and her name's Kathy Gillen. She was a head coach and in fact still might be the head coach of Egan girls volleyball. And for anybody that's in the world of volleyball has probably heard her name before. Um, She has led Egan to multiple state appearances, multiple state championships. And I'm not even sure how many she's racked up at this point. It's gotta be at least five or six Um, over her 25 year coaching career has had a, a ridiculous number of D1 athletes. I mean, is the go-to coach, I, I, I believe, in volleyball um, still to this day. Anyway, she was also a math teacher of mine, and um, she's pretty hard-nosed and was was somebody that always had high expectations, not just of, of me, but kind of everybody that she coached and she taught. And she always used to give me a hard time 
um, about becoming a coach and becoming a teacher. You, you need to do this. You were built for this. You're going to be unbelievable at this. Um, and, you know, I kind of second guess myself once in a while and, and she did as what all great coaches do and um, kind of boosted what, what was my uh, lack of confidence and uh, kind of made me into the person I am today. So thinking about this now, Tom, you've talked about the people who inspired you to, to get into coaching and teaching. Now think about the people you've been working with over the last 17 years. You've talked, talked about your coaching staff, um, some of the guys that you've worked with. You've talked about the admin that we have at Hastings High School and how supportive they've been. Who do you think maybe it's very hard to pick, but who do you think maybe one or two people who have been the most influential on your coaching career right here in Hastings? And if you need to go outside the bubble as well, you can definitely, uh, definitely can, but maybe some that you had kind of direct uh, contact with that's really inspired you and helped you grow over the last few years. I'm going to rip off a bunch of them and then I'll, I'll focus on two. Um, and I, I meant what I said when um, just Hastings as a community has been so unbelievably supportive and frankly, how amazing just the, the educators are in this town. So here's a bunch of them. Paul Vite, Mike Johnson, Chris Hughesby, Trent Hansen, Josh McClay, Bob Majeski, um, all of these guys, and there's more, Dana Strain, um, all of these guys have in some way, shape, or form um, helped me kind of become the, the, the coach I am today. So there's, there's two I'm going to focus on. Um, the first one is Paul Vite. Um, and I, I, you'd be hard-pressed to find a coach in the city of Hastings that hasn't heard of Paul Vite. Um, and believe it or not, actually on the second day of school, when I started teaching, he was the first guy that came up and talked to me. Mm -hmm. So remember that to this day, uh, thinking who is uh, Paul Vaith, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, Paul emphasized a few things. Number one, um, a positive mental attitude and a good work ethic. Um, and, and he would preach and preach and preach about those two things. And he's right. Um, you have as a player, coach, parent, you name it, complete control over those two things, no matter what situation you're in. And just kind of listening to him talk about that um, and how it's utilized when you're conveying that message to your players was just um, eye-opening to me. Um, and you're talking about just a, a legend of the field, kind of like Kathy Gillen, which I was referring to before. Uh, if you're in the world of wrestling, as you as you are and you know, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody that doesn't know Paul Vite. So um, long story short, you'd be crazy not to listen to his advice. And Man, he, just, he had a really big influence on how I viewed coaching in general. The other thing that was great about not just Paul, but kind of everybody in the community, is their approach to um, co-curricular activities. And I say co-curricular, not extracurricular. Um, I, I'm proud to say that we, as a community do a good job emphasizing the fact that these activities aren't extracurricular. Um, in fact, in most cases, it's the reason that some of these kids go to school in the first place. Um, and that you should put a priority on being part of a co-curricular activity. It's just an extension of the classroom. Uh, it, it helps you become a better teacher. It helps those kids become better students. It, um, it's, it's good all around. Um, and it's, it's, again, it's okay to prioritize that. Um, and I, and I think that's a big deal, particularly if you're in the coaching world, understanding that they're, they're equally important. Um, and there are a hundred other things, if not more that, that Paul is, um, done to shape me as a coach, but those are the kind of things that come to mind. The other person, and there's a lot of them, um, 
is Trent Hansen. And I'm going to, I'm going to boast about Trent here a little mm-hmm. bit because uh, uh, I genuinely believe he is one of, if not the best athletic director in the entire state of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, his message to players, his message to coaches, his um, service to the community, his dedication to um, his profession. It is, it's unparalleled. Um, and for those that don't know, I mean, if somebody around the state has a, an issue regarding athletics, uh, Trent is kind of a go-to guy. Um, now what's his message? Uh, it's, <clears throat> it's all encompassing, but I'll, I'll summarize it by saying this. Um, he does an unreal job of helping players, coaches, parents, teachers, any stakeholder in the community, um, be the best version of themselves. And that's kind of where I adopted that. Um, and it's, it's basic, but it's, it's really important to remember that if you are the best version of yourself, then you will be the best teacher, coach, student, parent, father, mother, son, daughter, you name it. Um, and man, he just does an incredible job, not only of conveying that message, but specifically teaching people how to do it. Um, and, and I just, I, man, I adore the guy. Um, and he, he makes life as a coach in this community about a million times better. I definitely agree with you. Last couple of questions then for you here, Tom, uh, you got 17 years of experience coaching here in Hastings. Uh, you've seen a lot of things. So with the next question, we're talking to our parents or our coaches here. So this could be other coaches listening to this, or this could be yep. parents who are listening to this as well. So if you could use your experiences, uh, what would be two pieces of advice that you would give parents or coaches? Here's the two most important ones, in my opinion. Number one, and this is for both parents and coaches, lower your expectations. Um, and I know that's vague. You might think expectations of what? I would say everything. Lower your expectations. Um, what that will do is just turn the temperature down. You know, as a coach, you won't get so fired up when a kid makes a mistake. Uh, like I said before, they're kids. They're going to make mistakes, man. Um, you, you know, not that we shouldn't have high. We shouldn't have high standards for our kids. Um, we should. We should hold the bar high for them. But you have to understand that mistakes are going to happen. Turn the temperature down a little bit and, you know, talk to them as if they're kids because they are. And mm-hmm. I would say the same thing to parents. Um, you know, if your kid is not starting uh, uh, on the team that they're playing, that's okay. If your kid is, you know, makes a mistake, uh, mental or physical, that's okay. Um, if, if your coach isn't coaching the way that um, you might coach, that's okay. You know, just lower your expectations. Um, and, and I say that because uh, of the second part I, I, I want to convey, which is this. Be positive. Um, if you lower your expectations, it's going to be a lot easier to convey a positive message to your kids and to your coaches and to anyone else in the community. Uh, man, if, if you're at a sporting event and you're a parent or a coach and everything you say has a positive spin, it's just going to be a better experience for everyone involved, especially your kid. Um, you know, the last thing your kid wants to hear is you yelling at them, whether you're a coach or, or a parent. Um, and so it's the, the best thing you can do in either position is to just lower your expectations 
be positive, cheer your kid on, and man, it'll be it'll be a great experience overall. Um, whereas conversely, if you're not, it'll it'll be tough, and you'll you'll have your it'll be a bumpy road. So mm-hmm. those two things I think are most important. Perfect. Same kind of question now. Talking to the student athletes, you have about sixty to eighty kids on your football team every year times seventeen. I can't do the math real quick. I know you can. So <laughs> you've coached a ton of kids. Uh, and now you're going to have plenty more listen to this or coming through your program in the future. So talking to those future athletes, if you had to give them two pieces of advice, what do you think it would be and why? Forgive me here. I want to make sure I'm clear. Am I, am I giving this message to kids who are younger, like middle school, elementary school, or am I giving this advice to kids who are going to move on with their lives after they graduate? Yeah, you, you could do either. You know, you could look at it right now. Kids are currently, kids that you're currently coaching, you know, or it could be, you know, those kids are going to be in that program coming up here in the future. Okay. I, I think that's two different answers. So um, kids currently in the program, um, be a Raider for life. Um, and what I mean by that is build the relationships now and maintain them forever. Man, some of the coolest things that, um, that happen in our program are when kids come back and want to be a part of the program still in any capacity. Mm-hmm. And I could list off a laundry list of kids, and I'm just thinking of the most recent ones. Um, we had a kid today who was in the Marines, and he just got back from boot camp and came up and joined us for practice today. Man, that was cool. We had a kid, an All-American wrestler, who came out in the summer to some of our throwing um, and uh, gave a rousing speech and uh, kind of a motivational talk to our kids about what it's like to be a, to be a backup and how it took a lot of work for him to, to become a starter. And man, he's just a better person for it. Um, we had, have had multiple kids come back and coach. And right now we've got two on staff that are both mm-hmm. former players. I just, you know, build those relationships and not just with coaches, but with your buddies, man. Um, in fact, we've got three, if you count uh, coach Schultz, who's been here for a while, I uh, was now a teacher in the building. Um, but it's fun listening to him talk about, you know, the glory days and getting his buddies together and talking about what, how fun it was to be part of the program. So build those relationships, be a writer for life. Um, younger kids, kids who are coming up in the program, I would say a few things. Number one, have fun. Um, above all else, have fun. Uh, because if you're having fun, you're going to come out again the next year and you're going to have more fun again. Number two, don't worry. You know, if you're not the biggest kid or the strongest kid when you're in fifth grade, that's okay. If you're a lineman in fifth grade and want to be a a running back when you grow up, that's okay too, man. Um, Bodies change. People develop differently. Don't worry so much about it. Just come out, have fun, work hard, do what your coaches tell you to do, and you'll be shocked to find out kind of how things churn out. Um, The other thing I would tell those younger kids is this. if you're going to be in athletics, do your best to get a variety of exposure to athletics. So don't just be a one sport guy or two sport guy or girl. You don't play three sports, play four sports, man. Coaches in Hastings are so supportive of that. And there is nothing, nothing you can do um, to improve yourself as an athlete than to play multiple sports, even if you're not great. You know, it's important to learn how to be a starter and the star of your team, just as much as it's important um, to learn how to be a backup and be a role player. Do those things. Um, and as you grow up, you'll you'll find your spot and your coaches will help you find your spot. 
uh, on the team that, that you decide to be part of. So um, I think that's most important for those young kids. No, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, uh, you know, me as a coach too, what we talked about, you talked about measuring success and, you know, me as a coach, that's one way that I think I try to measure success is having those people that graduated or the people I coached come back in the program. And uh, next year, I well, I had one already. He, he kind of moved on, but I'm going to have two that I personally coach that are going to be coaching alongside with me. So I think that's when, awesome. Yeah. So I think when you talked about the X's and O's and focusing on the wins and losses, that's how you don't get those people back in the program and, and yep. see Raiders for life. Right. But everything you talked about here, Tom, the integrity, the work ethic, the positive attitude, especially fun. You know, they want to come back. They want to sell those on the next generation. And then you just keep that ball moving and that, that, you know, that motion going, you know. So I think that's that's absolutely perfect for those guys to um, do that. And it's just a testament to your guys' program. When you do have those kids coming back right away like that, uh, that it kind of says a lot about your coaching staff and who you guys are as people. So um, without a doubt, again, testament to you guys. So, Tom, that's all the questions I got for you. The last thing we always do here is just turn the microphone over to our guest. Uh, that's you. Uh, you can talk about anything that I forgot to ask you, uh, <laughs> anything else you want to add in, any shout outs you want to give. Like I said, the microphone is yours and you can run with it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give two shout outs uh, right. to, to uh, Jackson Schiller and Jacob Landau bleed who are guys who are the two guys are referenced who uh, came back and are part of the program and on the sidelines with us on Friday night. And man, it's just fun having those guys come back uh, as far as the message to um to our program in our town, I'll say this. We have got a young and exciting football team, and we are getting better every single week. So come out and support our kids, man. It should be a fun season, and I'll leave with this because I, I genuinely believe this is one of the most important things I can convey as a coach. Um, be a multi-sport athlete. Don't focus on one thing. You are shorting yourself of your potential if you are focusing on one thing. So go out there, explore your options, play a bunch of sports, learn new things and come back the next season uh, more invigorated to play. Perfect. Thanks, Tom. Yep. 